Hi, I'm David Page, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. to be here. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away. A song away. A song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the Zoom room today to promote the release of his brand new solo EP, Forgotten Toys, please welcome singer, songwriter, keyboardist, and founding member of Toto, Mr. David Page. Hey, David. Hey, how you doing, everyone? I'm, I'm doing good. Everyone's doing good. David, you're in uh, Los Angeles? Yes, I am, sir. For, uh, for now and forever. For now and forever, right yeah. now. I'm at the beach. I happen to be at the beach right now, looking at the ocean, and uh, it's a beautiful day. You look like you have a little bit of sun too. So I you do. I have got a little bit of sun. Yeah. You've been out and about. That's sunny, cool. Sunny, sunny California, you know. Yeah. You can't avoid it. I live in Los Angeles. I live in Woodland Hills. So Oh, you do. I'm in Calabasas. Oh, neighbors. Neighbors, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, David, before we talk about forgotten toys, I have another question to ask you. And it's not about Toto and it's not about Yeah, sure. But here it is. One of the promo pictures that came through. It has a, it's a picture of you sitting at your piano and I saw your six Grammy awards, but then Ah. right, right in the middle, there's an Emmy award. That's right. Tell us about that Emmy award. That Emmy award I got for writing a song called light the way on a series that's way back in the uh, seventies called Ironsides with Raymond Burr. Quincy Jones had uh, been scoring the series and he gave it to my father to do. And my, the producer decided that he wanted to have a custom tailored song each week to fit the episode. So he asked my dad if he knew any songwriters and my dad, I was like, I wanted was waving my hand, like (laughs) dad, give me a shot at this. Okay. And I did one and they liked it. And I did another and they liked it. And for two years, I did all the episodes of Ironsides writing these little individual songs, kind of like a songwriter for hire. And the second year I got, the first year I got nominated, but the second year uh, I got nominated, I won uh, for the, the for Ironsides. You know, I think it was like my second year in college 
I was like 19, 19 or 20. That is such an incredible story. I mean, <laughs> were, were you at the awards when it was presented? or was it I was. The- I was. That's unbelievable. And did you share uh, co-writing with your dad, Marty? I did. I did share co-writing with him on that. Yes. I can't think of a more bonding experience than winning a Grammy award with your dad. Oh, it was such a great, it was such a great uh, experience. My father, I was, a, I was an apprentice to my father he was over under his tutelage. And uh, uh, it was so great working with him every week, you know, cause he would take the, the songs that I would write and thematically use them in the, in the series. So it was, we, we had a definitely a symbiotic relationship uh, when it came to this doing music. And I've seen your dad's name, Marty Page, on many things, and I never even put it together. And I mean, yeah. Page isn't a name that I hear often, so I should have just, it should have clicked. Your dad actually worked on one of my favorite Neil Diamond albums, Taproot Manuscript. Oh, absolutely. Something. Yeah. My dad was a big, big uh, uh, arranger in, for, for records and stuff, starting off with uh, the uh, Ray Charles Country Western uh, albums with I Can't Stop Loving You that sold like 5 million records. Yeah. And uh, and then I remember he, he started working with Neil. He also did uh, uh, the the African Suite, uh, Neil Diamond's. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. on the Taproot Manuscript album. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Manuscript. yeah. and that was, uh, that was really great, uh, his collaboration with Neil. Yeah, terrific, terrific stuff. So uh, what we say here for anyone who's departed, we say, Rock and peace. So rock and peace, Marty. Rock and peace, Marty. Absolutely. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. You can use it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, David, you've worked with everyone from Paul McCartney to Pink, and yet this is your first ever solo release. It is. It is. Um, it came time, and uh, I had a nice little uh, session of time to do it in with and COVID brought all this, you know, where I had a studio at my house and I wasn't doing anything. So un- under the urgence of uh, my fellow co- cohorts, uh, Steve Lukather and uh, Joseph Williams, they kept nudging me and urging me, it's time for you to do a solo album, time for you to do a solo album. So they pushed me into the studio and uh, I started pulling out odds and ends and little pieces of dusted off some treasures that I'd had in the closet for years and uh, started putting them together like a puzzle and uh, ended up with this album. And I'm really happy with it. Well, I've been listening to it uh, for a week now because I I was sent to me early because of the interview. And uh, it's a thoroughly enjoyable collection of songs. My only critique would be, I wish it was longer. I know. I just, uh, I feel that uh, in this day and age, uh, you know, it's hard for me to even listen to one artist for 12 songs. So I thought, you know, let's, let's just give them and give everybody enough to where they're not saying they're not wanting to skip ahead to the next song, you know, type of thing. So uh, I like EPs. Well, it's a, it's a seven song EP and you bookend it with two really nice instrumentals. The first thing we hear is called yeah. forward. It's yeah. just like a 29 second kind of musical introduction to the album. That's right.
it was uh, inspired by Jerry Goldsmith, the great uh, film composer. I had a chance to work with him on First Blood, uh, Rambo, the Stallone series. And I, he asked me to produce the end title to, uh, to that, First Blood. And so I brought the guys from the band in and we did it. And uh, I kind of, in, 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 in honor of him, uh, which Jerry, uh, we use those kind of motifs. I, I wanted to play something uh, uh, in memory of him. Well, it's very cool. It's, a, it's and, and again, it's a really cool way to just kick this thing off. Then it closes with Lucy. And this is like a cool jazzy instrumental thing yeah. going. Lucy. Lucy. Lucy was my sister. Her name wasn't Lucy, but I, I grabbed it from the Linus and Lucy uh, cartoon series. Okay. The Peanuts. Because cool. I was always a big Vince Guaraldi fan. My dad was a jazz pianist, first of all. Would I go? Because I So I followed in his footsteps. And then uh, I was a Vince Guaraldi fan who did the Peanuts theme. Yes. And I wanted to write something, a book into that called Lucy. Because it reminded me of my sister who used to, when I used to play football outside, when I come and run and kick the football, she'd pull the football away. That was her. That was her M.O., you know. And so it reminded me of her. So in memoriam, in, in honoring her too, Rock in Peace, my sister, um, uh, I wanted to do something for her. And so uh, I had this little riff and, uh, and, and I wanted to do something jazzy uh, because my father had also been a jazz arranger in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. And he worked with Mel Torme a lot, famous singer. I don't know if people remember Mel Torme. They better. Uh, He's my, the Velvet Fog, right? Velvet Fog. And my dad did several albums with him that were big hit albums. And so uh, uh, I had an idea to bring in his son, who I'm friends with, James Torme. And so make another Page Torme collaboration on this. And... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm really happy with it. It's 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 one of one of the reasons I did a solo album is so I can do things like that on it. Yeah, you get when you're not in the confines of a band, you can yeah. uh, flex your personal muscle a little bit more. Yes, yes, sir. Let me ask you about this. You you said that Joe and Luke were pushing you to do this. Those guys just both released solo albums last year. They did. I feel like if we took you know, some songs from Luke's and from songs from Joe and some songs from this, we would have had another cool little Toto album. Jeez. I, we, we never thought of that one. Not <laughs> such a big wink, you know, no, that's, a, that's a, that might probably be true, but there's something that happens different when guys are doing their solo records, everybody, because everybody's doing their own thing a little bit more. Yeah. Or Toto 
Toto's, when we have Toto all, we're making those kind of records. That's a little bit different vibe. And we dig in a little bit more and we, I wouldn't say we play differently, but uh, it's just, there's a difference between the solo yeah. records and between the, the Toto records. But that's a, an interesting observation. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Toto, there's a song on this album called All the Tears That Shine Yes, th that originally appeared on 2015's album Toto 14. Yes. But this is a different version. For me, this has a little bit of a huskier vocal. It does. It has the, the vocal of the original song co-songwriter Michael Sherwood, who wrote that with me. He also had written uh, 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 Chinatown with me. Yes, great song. And uh, uh, I felt that his performance really needed to be heard, that that was the essence of that song. And he co-wrote the lyrics with me and co-wrote the melody with me. And uh, I felt that his, that was his original vocal that he did when we composed the song. So I kind of stripped it down and rebuilt the whole track. And uh, I'm really happy that uh, to honor him again, he had passed away this last year. So in uh, uh, honoring him, and to let people hear this wonderful, uh, compelling, passionate version of the song that he sang, you know, I thought it was a, a, a good uh, version. So again, this is why it's a huskier vocal because it's not you. It's Michael Sherwood. It's Michael Sherwood singing. Yeah. And I didn't know we would do this three times, but rock and peace, Michael Sherwood. Rock and peace, Michael Sherwood. Absolutely. All right. So there is a single that's been released, uh, Spirit of the Moonrise. Right. Tell me about this song. This was just a uh, uh, began with a dream that I had a little part of a dream. And I wrote that down. And then Joseph Williams was with me and he helped construct a little mini narrative uh, of, about the dream, you know, because I kept give, giving him flashbacks yeah. of things that I'd seen. And uh, then I, I had a couple of pieces that I wanted to put together. I had the intro piece that I did originally on sampled guitar. And then Lukather added his guitar to it. And uh, I had the, 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 the section after that. And Joseph uh, grabbed all these sections and he, he's a very good arranger yeah. and, and arranged them, sequenced them in a way that made sense as a song. And then uh, we started working on lyrics together and it just came out the way it came out. And uh, I'm really happy with it. I got Mike McDonald to sing on it too. He's singing on the choruses with me and uh, some step outs at the end there. Saw it in a dream. A girl rides across. 
Yeah, you can't go wrong with Michael McDonald helping out. No, never. He really, really made it come together for me. It's so cool that you and Joe both have these uh, old-timey music connections through your dads. Oh, it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Joseph and I have a special bond because his father and my father were colleagues. And uh, it's just it's neat to get in the studio and to talk about counterpoint and arranging and melody and and uh, just orchestration, how he orchestrates. He, he feels the same way I do about orchestrating rhythm tracks and, and making rock records. So it's a, it's a nice uh, nice combination. Yeah, your dads must have been very proud of, of both of you guys for following well, in their footsteps and then achieving success when they know how hard that is. Well, I can't, I can't say that they didn't, weren't scratching their heads a couple of times, <laughs> wondering what the hell we were doing. But uh, I think deep, deep down inside, I think both dads were proud of us. For sure. Now, when you have a dream like this, do you have like a pad and paper next to the bed? Because I can't remember anything when I wake up in the morning. No, I have a phone. I keep my phone next to the bed. Okay. And I get up and I, and I type because I can't read my writing half the time. <laughs> okay. So, so I usually type into my notes something like that. But if, if, if there's pencil and paper around or I, I'm in the moment, I will definitely grab whatever's there and write, write on it. You know, I had everything from, used to have everything from napkins to uh, uh, match, match books, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Written on them, you know? And now it's a little bit easier because I can uh, ch- uh, channel it all through my cell phone and I can keep tabs of it, you know? Yeah, people like to complain about their cell phone, but for things like this, it's uh, it's helpful. Really, it's very, it's a great tool. Uh, the first song that we hear after forward is "Will I Belong to You." Now, yeah. I'm interpreting I'm interpreting these songs just as a listener, David. But this is a guy hanging on to a past love. Yeah, yeah, and and trying to find see where he stands in the relationship. I think you know he's. Uh, in this day and age that we're in, I think that uh, uh, it's just, uh, uh, there's a lot of questions that get asked, you know, when, when people are first meeting each other and uh, that's what the song's about. Never a day that I don't think of you. I've been reaching out, but there is no reply. Why I give me a sign that I am on your mind? Don't lie, I don't know if I can live without you. Hoping you call me one more time.
Now, when your wife hears a song like this, is she like, hey, who are you thinking about, David? No, no, she knows she knows uh, how we work. And uh, and uh, Joseph's kind of responsible for that chorus. Okay. And I kind of did the and I kind of did the verses and we joined them together at the hip and then made some transitional music for him. So uh, uh, sometimes these marriages just happen and uh, they can be they I'm sure Joseph may have had someone in mind. And uh, I sometimes do when I'm uh, writing, but uh, uh, most of the things I write about are about my wife anyway. So uh, in- uh, that's my mind's my uh, uh, inspiration. Including an actual song on Hydra called Lorraine. There is a song called Lorraine on Hydra, which and- was just, happened to be a coincidence there, you know. So that wasn't written for your wife. That wasn't written for my wife. stories so tell me if they're true oh I would die for you knowing that you're mine you tell me that you're sorry you say your heart is new oh I will cry for you call me and That's a big but coincidence. But her name is Lorraine. It is. It is a coincidence. I mean, L- Lorraine is, again, uh, not a name I hear a lot. So yeah. that's really, like, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. She also, des- uh, by the way, she also designed, was the art director on the album cover and put all those collectibles and artifacts together. Because she, uh, she did tabletop food for years and was in, into working with miniatures and fine tuning of photo photography. So uh, she was the art director on that. So she's definitely uh, connected in soul and spirit. I wish I could flip my notes around because in bold letters, it says, I love the album cover. Oh, great. (laughs) Fantastic. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Where did the album title originate? Um, I had uh, I had a title called Broken Toys. I had lightened for a long time. And that's why I perceived my my songs that weren't finished. Ah, okay. They were like uh, old old toys that uh, mis un, unused toys, unwanted toys. And then Lorraine said uh, to me, she said, "That's a little bit too dark and negative. What what about forgotten toys?" And I said, "Well, you know that that kind of covers the same uh, real estate, and yet it's a little bit uh, not quite so negative." And uh, that's where how that title came from. Yeah, I think she's right because uh, "Broken Toys" does sound like those sound like songs that just can't be fixed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
But uh, forgotten toys is, oh, look at all these great treasures that I have that I'm going to yeah. share with you. That I haven't, that I pulled out of the closet or have in my head, you know? Yeah. Fantastic. First love for me, uh, because I have a daughter, it sounds like a song that was written about a daughter falling in love yeah. for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. It's a coming of age song for my daughter, following her for when she was tiny, very small, to making the right choices with men, with which every father uh, dream come true is to have her make the right choice. Right. God, God forbid, you know, and uh, uh, I actually had my daughter actually went behind my back without asking me, put on the tape and threw her vocal on to do some answers, a couple of cameos, which endeared me to her even more. I was so shocked and surprised, you know, and uh, so it is uh, truly uh, about a father talking to his daughter. And uh, uh, like I said, coming of, it's a coming of age song. I love it. And I was going to ask who handles those female vocals. So now we know. Yes. How many, how many kids do you have? I have one daughter. That's okay. it. All right. Well, happy father's day coming up this week. Same to you. Thank you. How old's your daughter? Um, I have two kids, uh, daughter 17 and my oldest Ezra is 21. All right. Yeah. Is he in college? I just grad. They both just graduated, uh, high school and college. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, Big year. Lucky dad. Yes, I am. That's they're it. good. They're good citizens of the planet. I, I'm very proud. That's all we can hope for. You know, I, my daughter went on to get a master's degree in English and she speaks fluent Chinese. Wow. Believe it or not. So she works. She's an executive producer for video game music because she talks. She helps negotiate with China and stuff because she speaks and reads and writes Chinese. Don't ask me how she got that yeah. together. When we were kids, that job didn't even exist. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You're very true. Queen Charade. I couldn't quite figure this one out. Is this is this about poker? <laughs> yeah, well, it's about gambling. It's not so much poker. Okay. Uh, it could be about poker. It's a it's a I got it. The inspiration for that was loosely based on an opera uh from Tchaikovsky called okay. Queen of Spades. And it's about a uh obsessive gambler and a cunning conniving duchess that takes everybody's money and uh, uh the rest is in the lyrics kind of you just have to follow along the song and figure it out that this guy's uh being uh, uh ambushed by this uh card card shark you know nice I'm in love. 
Well, look, we covered all the songs. Again, it's Forgotten Toys. Go get it. You're not going to be disappointed because David nailed it on this thing. The album drops August 19th. So get it. And if you've been a fan of David's all these years, you're not going to be disappointed. Now, Thank you. now we're going to move on to some other things, David. Okay. There's a form of Toto on the road right now. You're done touring but not popping on stage now and then is that correct yes this is true okay so uh yeah i did um like five or six conch shows in the states here mm -hmm. i did san diego i did la i did anaheim i did new orleans and i did uh, nashville and sacramento so it's great to keep my foot in it and to, and to pop out and play with the guys every once in a while there I'm also flying to uh, uh, Montreux this year, nice, uh, nice. June 7th, to, to, to attend the uh, uh, jazz uh, uh, festival that's there cool. just with friends. And then I'm flying up to Amsterdam to play with the band when they play the Zigadome in Amsterdam, which has sold out 17,500 people. So uh, it's really good. Uh, uh, it, it, it's it's fantastic that the band, first of all, is still touring. Yeah. And they sound better than ever. The band sounds better than ever, I have to say. You know, uh, so they made me music, musical director, so I get to rehearse the band. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. Which isn't and, hard at all. I just say, it sounds great, guys, next song, you know. Now, when you pop in, do you play the whole show or just a couple of songs? No, I play like the end of the show. Okay. Starting with... Uh, uh, it's kind of a surprise thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, I play uh, Home of the Brave. Play little help from my friends. I play on Rosanna, and I play on Africa. Of course, you got to play on Africa. Yeah, yeah. 
I hear the drums that go in tonight And she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation She's coming in 12.30 flight The moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation I stopped an old man along the way Hoping to find some old forgotten words or ancient melodies He turned to me as if to say Hurry boy, it's waiting there for you How did you have the forethought to sing the verses of Africa? Because this song just keeps on going, David. Yeah, it just it seems to have acquired legs of its own. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think all the years that I was singing to Elton John songs, I learned how to fit a lot of words in, you know, when I was practicing yeah. his kind of songs. So it really came down to the reason I'm singing it Everybody else tried to sing it in the band, but they couldn't seem to get the words out in the verse. <laughs> it was a tongue twister for everybody yeah. else. And I could do it. So we carefully, uh, I had to do it in sections. Okay. You know, where I would do this verse and then I would do that verse and perfect it, you know. So uh, uh, it was, I drew, we drew straws and I got the short one. So <laughs> I had to sing. Well, now that you're telling me that you recorded it in sections, is it a difficult song for you to sing live? Uh, it, it, it is a bit, uh, challenging, mm -hmm. but it's very natural because I wrote it and, and uh, while I was playing it, you know, yeah. so uh, it's something that, that's very natural to me when I play it on stage. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. They're your words. So they can flow uh, a little bit easier. That's right. Let's talk. We are the world. You play yeah. synthesizers on We Are the World. Yeah, that's right. Were you in the room that night or was your part added later? My part was added later. saw Ray Charles come in the room and do his part in the okay. middle of our part. They stopped our session so Ray could come in and do his little work right there, which was amazing. 
you know, the, and the connection. I felt a true connection because my father had worked with Ray Charles years ago. Yeah. So it was like a full cycle. And uh, that was a really philanthropic uh, humanitarian effort yeah. that they did. And I think I, I, I applaud them, you know what I mean, for, for putting that, all those people together and uh, for the intent that uh, was trying to help people, you know. For sure. So that was very, that was a special, special record, I think. Yeah, I mean, that really, um, that really kind of started it all. I mean, now musicians are always getting involved with causes yeah. and having concerts for uh, any number of things all the time. But that kind of was the, laid the groundwork for this. I think that was happening. the very first, the first one for the live aid, as far as a record going. Doing right. that. Besides George Harrison doing Bangladesh. Yes, which was. That was actually the very first one. Way early on. Yeah, yeah that was in the 70s. On. Yeah. And, and of course, they thought about you to play synthesizers because you worked with Quincy and Michael on Thrill. I worked with Quincy and Steve Bacara was also there. And I yeah. did actually did. A, I had we had some sampled Columbus. And so he wanted to have, add the African vibe to it. So yeah. there's a little bit of Kalimba thing in there that you hear. And that's me playing the Steve Bacara program. All right. Very cool. I have to kind of laugh when you say Steve was there too, because if you pick up any record, you're going to find David Page's name or, uh, you know, or Steve Lukather's or Picaro. You're going to hear these guys. You, yeah. I think absolutely. you you alone are on like over 2000 recordings. Really? I, I've never counted, but I'll take your word for it. I'm just, I'm just picking that up from uh, the research I did. I've never counted okay. either. Okay. Um, you must have so many gold and platinum awards. Well, I just, it's funny you should mention that because I had them all in the closet or down on the floor where the walls are yeah. just leaning up against the wall. And my wife finally said, you know, it's time to get all this stuff up, up the floor and put it on the wall. So now I have it in the walls of my studio and it's a, uh, it's pretty, uh, uh, awe inspiring when yeah. I look at it and I, I say, you know, I actually did some work. I actually worked and did some stuff, you know, here. So yeah. it, uh, it just validates kind of what, what you know in your heart. And it's great to, to, to other, for other people to acknowledge it, you know? Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, and, and then you look at, you look at that and it probably makes you want to do more. You don't want to just rest on those past laurels. You probably, I'm sure you still, well, obviously you have new music out. So you still yeah. have the creative. Yeah. You still keep trudging along here and, uh, uh, it just, it, it, it puts us, it makes you smile when you see that you actually have done something before and to keep going, you know yeah. what I mean? Instead of rest, like you said, instead of resting on your laurels. Exactly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to talk a little bit about Boz Skaggs and Silk Degrees. This album goes five times platinum. You co-write five songs with Boz, and then you write uh, Love Me Tomorrow on your own. Right. You say that you love me anyway, but I know it's not in your 
First Grammy for Lowdown, Grammy yeah. Award for Best R&B Song. Babies in the running round, hanging with the crowd, putting your business in the street, talking out loud, saying you bought it this and that, and how much you done spent. I swear she must believe it's all heaven sent. boy. Better bring the chick around To the sad, sad truth The dirty Lord down My big question is, did you ever work with Boz again? Because you didn't work on the next album. Yeah, we did. We did uh, work again. We did a song called Miss Sun. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know that song. Yeah, we did that for his greatest hits album. Yes. So we did that and we, uh, you know, there was a couple of times when we almost got back together and did some things, but Boz, that was kind of a, just a period in our lives where we were hot. We were a group just about to be explode onto the scene. Yeah. Of course, Toto goes. And, uh, that was, I think that we were at the, the peak of our, our, uh, productiveness right there. And, uh, and that's a result of that album. You know, that was great. That was, those are great days. Yeah. I mean, what can I say? Low down Lido shuffle. I mean, just an incredible album. I was probably 12 when that came out, but my brother, my older brother had it. And so I was exposed to that at great. 12 and I still love that album to this day. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear. I'm so glad, you know, yeah, it's very cool. You know. All right. Uh, we only have a few more minutes with you. I don't want to keep you all day, but I do want to talk a little bit about Toto. Uh, you and Jeff formed the band basically after working on some Steely Dan albums. Is that kind of correct? Uh, not so correct. No. Okay. 
But started out here, Jeff, my dad hired Jeff's dad to play percussion. Again, the dads are all intertwined. Yeah, but Jeff's dad play, worked for my father. So they were musically intertwined. And Joe Percaro heard me play with the professionals down on the Glenn Campbell show when my dad was musical director. So I got to play in the pit when they were when during station break and stuff. And uh, so he heard me suggest, recommended to Jeff, recommended that I join Jeff's band. And Jeff had his own band and it was a kick-ass soul band. And I joined that and uh, it, it was amazing uh, that uh, 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 we started a high school band together and then we moved on and started doing sessions. But it wasn't until after the Boz Skaggs album that yeah. we decided to uh, launch Toto, you know. But Jeff had joined Steely Dan for a while and uh, we both played on some Steely Dan records. Yep. So we were learning. That was our that was our our schooling, our college schooling between Seals and Crofts and Steely Dan. We learned how to rank really be real careful and focused and intricate with uh, the music. That's actually like getting a master's degree immediately. It is. It is. Absolutely. Pretty cool. Um, my favorite Toto album is the one that didn't really do that well. It's 1981's Turn Back. And when, oh, I, yeah. when I listen to this album, I just don't understand how this thing wasn't a gigantic record. It's such a great rock record. Uh, six of the eight songs but you don't supply any lead vocals on this album no no i was going through a period i think my mother my mother had been just passed away mm -hmm. and i was going through a down period okay so i was letting i was letting uh, the band do a lot of the heavy lifting on that but okay. i was contributing i was contributing songs and what was great is we had the jeff workman had worked with queen and roy thomas baker yeah so we were interested in getting his sounds 
And I think uh, it's it's a different sounding album. It is for us, and I think it just shows Toto's uh, ability to grow and to explore and to discover and not to be uh, reliving the same old territory. You yeah. Know? over and over again. And just because I said that's my favorite, it doesn't mean I, I like it because you don't sing on it. <laughs> right. Oh, I understand. Yeah. No, it was just a trans trans it was a transformative period, you know. And now that you and now that you explain why, that, that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to mention a couple tracks that you do sing lead vocal on that I love so much. Uh from 1995's Tamboo, Drag Him to the Roof is a killer. <laughs> I'm glad you like that. I you're love funny. it. You're funny. You did. You've done your homework here. Uh, well, I'm a, look, I'm a Toto fan. I'm just, I, I don't, I don't want to interview anyone that I'm not a fan of. I don't want to, oh. I want to, I want to, I want to meet my heroes, David. So that's what we're doing. Careful, careful about oh, that. True, true. Well, so far, look, uh, Luke's been on the show twice. Joe's been on the show. And so far I'm not disappointed by Toto. Oh, good. That's fantastic. Um, the last Toto record was well there's old is new but before that we had toto 14 and this you guys like i couldn't believe after all these years how great a record toto 14 was like yeah. i feel like you guys really said let's really prove to people what we can still do take the cable car to jackson a Friday night affair Madame Rose's legendary honeycomb With an ounce of intuition You can feel it in the air This open boy has found a place to roam As unfamiliar faces Watch every move you make And the midnight gangs are snaking through the alleyway they used to play down in Chinatown Where the nights are always longer than the days Down in Chinatown Yeah, I think so. That's where we're always we're in the studio. We always give 110%. And I think that album is no different. It's a perfect example of it, you know yeah. what I mean? Where we're just feeling our oats fresh just like it's a, a brand new album mm -hmm. and a brand new everything you know yeah. so uh, uh, we definitely put our hearts and souls in it now moving forward if there is new toto music down the road would you be involved in that 
probably if there is new total music. Yeah. Like you said, we're too busy uh, doing uh, the band's going to be touring quite a bit. Right. And uh, between that and between the, the solo records, uh, that's keeping us going for a little while here. Yeah. And uh, uh, until we actually get in the room together, well, that'll time will tell uh, if we if we've been a ramp up again for another Toto uh, album, you know. All right. Well, as a fan, I hope that happens. But until then, we have forgotten toys and I yeah. want everyone to go seek this thing out. All right. And this is might be the toughest question of the day, David. This is the last okay. question. Yeah. I always end the show with a playout song. So if you could choose one song from your career that I would use as the playout song, what would it be? Uh, Struck by lightning. Struck by lightning. All right. Yes. That's going to be the one. Uh, David Page, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. To all my listeners, go buy Forgotten Toys. Yes, and thank you to all of our fans and friends and listeners that have kept us going all these years. And we love you, and we won't forget you. Excellent. I love it. And please enjoy Struck by Lightning. Thank you, David. Thank you so much. This has been a great interview.
Thank you, David. Thank you so much. This has been a great interview. Oh, well, thank you. That, that means a lot to me. I yeah, really, no, this, I appreciate that. This, this is one of the best. Wow. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. Thank you. And if you ever need any pickup lines or you need it, any more, uh, not pickup lines. That's what I tell you. That's why I'm laughing. I was like, oh, I, I don't know. what am I talking about? <laughs> if you're missing any rhetoric in, the, in our conversation, uh, don't be afraid to get back a hold of me and we can finish up. You Absolutely. Know? And, and you know what? Maybe, maybe I'll see you at the Calabasas Commons some afternoon. Hey, that'd be great. <laughs> Let's hook up. Let's hook up and have lunch. All right.